Yo, what is going on, everybody? It is Morning Joe with Tony Flo, and you know who I is. This is Tony Flo. Got another special guest on here, and you know what? I've had him on here before. He goes by the moniker, the Navajo Hammer. You know who he is. I'm not even going to, you know, if you don't know his name right now, you need to keep listening, okay? You need to keep listening and go back a couple episodes. Excuse my dog. You need to go back a couple episodes and go listen to the Navajo Hammer. Get down. All right, here we're going to break into it. We're going to talk about a couple things. we got some a special event coming on tomorrow that we're going to be uh, in together, so that's going to be nice. And then we got a little bit of breaking down we got to do with the dichotomy of leadership. So stay tuned. Morning Joe with Tony Flo. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. All right, all right, all right. Shane, the Navajo Hammer. What's going on, buddy? It's good to be back. Oh, dude. It's always a good time when you're on here, buddy. It's always a good time. Hey, man. So we talked about, you know, we had an event coming up, right? We got an event coming up tomorrow, and we just kind of, we were like, hey, let's just let's just do it. Like, let's yeah. just go. I know it's something that's come up every once in a while in the church. Like, we talk about it, never, never pull the trigger, and this one, we just brought it up, and boom, everyone was on board, got a, got a, couple more people in the church and it happened a lot more quicker too yeah it was like it was like immediate like everyone's like yeah let's do it all right let's do it all right we, we got the tickets and i was like yeah exactly it's like i thought everybody like take some time to consider it yeah. you know i don't know maybe i'll do it and maybe not and i was like oh it'll take them some time well like the next day everybody had like handed me their money they're like yeah get the tickets okay <laughs> so i did and if you don't know what we're talking about I've been kind of putting up a little bit of some training on, uh, I don't even know if you call it training. But <laughs> Conditioning. Put, yeah, that's right. Yeah, a little some-some on Instagram. But we're talking about the Tough Mudder in Colorado. Are you ready for it, dude? I am not, to be honest. I have not been <laughs> being as consistent as I should. Yeah, I was running for a while. I did a, um, a good five, six-mile run. I, I was sore, and I just being a baby, man. Yeah. I didn't even do a five or six mile. This was six this months. was like a good two months ago. I did this. So <laughs> <laughs> we first say we're all amped up. Boom, yeah, once, miles. once we announced it, and once I knew I was going, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get back into running. I need to get back into running, and I started doing it. And I, I had a nice cycle going. I did one miles, three miles, four miles, and then I jumped. Like, oh, this is good. I, I jumped to six miles, and then the, the day after that, I'm like, no, I got to <laughs> take a break. I, I wasn't uh, feeling it after that. I was sore. I was hurting. I just. Being and a baby, then, pretty much. And then it went downhill from there. Yeah, and then I lost my... That's what happens when you just progress too fast. You, you just got to pace yourself. Hey, what do we say here that makes change? It's consistency, yeah. right? Consistency is what makes the change, not just the intensity. Yep, that's so. right. And then I just got too intense. I got full of myself. <laughs> I was going good. I should have kept that pace, but I just felt like I was progressing well. Got too big-headed. I got this in yeah, the bag. exactly. And then the next day, just... Burnt out, man. Just didn't, didn't want Done. to go again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know about this whole running thing yeah. anymore. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I gotta say, it, I'm not in the best shape of my life right now. Just a little secret. And well, conditioning, right? I mean, I, I definitely can lift a lot heavier than I ever have. But can like cardiovascular wise, definitely not where I should be. So this is gonna be a ride. Um, but it's gonna be me, you, three other guys that go to our church. Uh, the crew of five. Yes. And we're going to go in there, get muddy. Yep. Good 5K of just running. Have you seen all the obstacles? I glanced at them. I looked at some of them 
and they're, they're titled with funny names. So it doesn't yeah. kind of tell you exactly like, what's going on. You see an obstacle called electroshock therapy. Yeah, that was the last and one you're like, I saw. I'm uh... like, uh, I believe that's where you go and get tasered. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a lot of volts going through your body at certain times, whether yeah. you hit the right wire or you don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one's going to be Sergio 100%. We're going to hey. hold him. Arm and arm, and then if you just gonna to run push away, him first. Yeah, he's he's taking that one for the team. I don't care what happens. <laughs> and you heard that Sergio Serrano. I had him on the podcast. If you guys haven't uh, heard that one, go back and check that one out. He's got a pretty interesting story. Grew up in Compton. You grew up in. You look at him though, and you say, eh, "You're not from. You're Compton. not from Compton." But he is. He is. Um, anyway, yeah. So definitely, they have a bunch of different. They have a, if you guys aren't familiar with the Tough Mudder, right, you basically you have an option to choose between a 10K or a 5K. We're going to do the 5K because we, you know, we're a little bit wise. We we know we can't do a whole 10K. No, I, think that, I think the other one's a 10-miler, not a 10K. <sighs> Whatever it is, it's longer than what we're doing. Yeah, it's way longer. <laughs> and I think that one has – there's little markers on the map, and I think it yeah. goes all the way to 10 miles. No, the markers on the map are the obstacles. No, no, no. There's other op- there's other there's other markers on it. Oh shoot! Well, I was looking at it wrong, but um, so there is up. I, I, there's some like I think there's like twenty different obstacles. Uh, twenty five. Twenty five different obstacles for for the classic. For the classic, and yes. I think it's probably not. I don't think it's any less than the five k, which is the three mile, which is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and they're a lot more crammed, so there's not a whole lot of room for actual like running but mind you it's running in the mud the whole way yeah the, the classic has a couple more obstacles that the the 5k that we're doing doesn't have but they they do have quite a bit of obstacles still in, in our yeah. 5k run. and they're yeah they're and they're like legit obstacles they're not just like trying to get around the pony it's yeah. like it's like you're jumping into a five foot hole that's filled with water and mud, and you really can't get out yourself unless somebody pulls you yeah, up. Yeah, you got to think of it saying. as like a like a like a boot camp, pretty much. They, yeah, that, those are the type of as- obstacles that they have. Climbing, like climbing the wall, c- climbing uh, the Berlin Wall, I think is what it's called. You have to they, use like your body, like your grip, just yeah. to get you over some of those. Like boot camp and Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior. Those, those yeah. are the things that are the, the best way to describe it. That's a good comparison. Anywho, we're gonna be in that doing that. Manana tomorrow the uh what's the day 24th of july in colorado so you know what if it's coming around your way i highly suggest you do it i mean i can't say that because i haven't ran it yet so you know we'll have to do a follow-up episode here it's just a tough mutter recap yeah. tough mutter review so stay tuned for that one but that and we're gonna be in that one so that'll be a good time that'll be a good time i'm looking forward to it we uh we're gonna definitely make a day out of it and uh go get some yeah baby all right man you ready to dig into this dichotomy of leadership thing? Yes, I think it's a very good topic. Let's this, jump into it. This thing, I call it. It's a whole book, actually, was written on it. And actually, i got to give a shout-out here to my good friend, Joel. He has sent me over the book, Dichotomy of Leadership. I've been saying I've been wanting to read it, and I've been blessed and spoiled by any means. And, and not only that, but be given a couple more bars of the Filthy Animal Soap tell you what that stuff makes me clean as a whistle just clean as a whistle I mean, i'll give some of you shane see so try it out man see if you like it um but joel thanks buddy vta kid on instagram follow him check out filthy animal soap they I, I i like their products man i gotta say i like their products all right moving on dichotomy of leadership by jocko willink and leave babin and they have another book, right, that we talked about this last episode with the Saturday sit-down called Extreme Ownership. 
Um, and this one is called The Dichotomy of Leadership. And so it's not the book I'm reading out of. I'm actually reading out of Extreme Ownership, but he gives the first glance of some bullet points here that we're going to get into. Um, so he starts with this. A good leader must be confident but not cocky. I think that's a fine line to draw, and I think that's Ooh. I think I think that's part of maturity that you realize where you're at in that. I for think sure. it's very easy to cross over to cocky. And this is not just for leaders either. This is like this can this is just in general. Yeah, you know? just like, good characteristics to have. Right. I mean, and, everyone wants to be a leader of some sort, whether it be your household or your children. You want to, you want them to see you as a leader. Um, and so I think even at work, like you just want to be seen as that type of person. Do you have a way to identify if you are being cocky rather than confident i think a good way to tell is probably the the way people respond Mm, i like that uh the way people respond to you if if they are very receptive to what you're saying then you probably have a good track record with them and they see you as a person that isn't full of themselves they're 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 coming from a place to where they they want to help you that they it won't affect them either either way, but they just want what's best for you. And I think the way they respond, whoever you're talking to, coworker, boss, um, family members, friends, the way they respond is kind of the way they view you. For sure. And I think, too, there's a lot more respect that's garnished when, when somebody sees that you're just confident. You know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. You've been through it before, whatever. There, that You can... They, they they respect you rather than look at you and be like, oh, okay, dude, again, yeah. you know, or whatever. So definitely, I like what you said there. You can tell just how they respond. Yeah, and there's definitely um, wisdom that comes with that. Like, if, of course, if you're always harping on someone, they, they're going to just get tired of hearing what you have to say, especially teenagers, yeah. younger people. Like, there's definitely wisdom that you have to use when you're talking to someone. You can't just say, oh, they're not listening to me, so I guess I'm cocky. That's not the way it works. you got to <laughs> yeah. have some Read wisdom. the room, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if it's a younger person, you can expect some rebellion in them. I mean, that's just what's expected. They're not mature yet. And if you're talking to an older person, they still may, might not be mature yet. You just definitely have to use wisdom. But you, I think you can understand quite a bit from someone just by the way they respond. Confident, but not cocky. Good deal. All right, next one. Courageous, but not foolhardy. A good leader must be courageous, but not foolhardy. Mm. You know what? Let me. I want to give a definition of this foolhardy. That's not a common word here. So foolhardy is meaning, meaning like reckless, right? Recklessly bold or, or rash. So be courageous, but not reckless, in other words. That's pretty solid. That's foundational, right? Next one, competitive, but a gracious loser. Ooh, that hits the pride a little bit. Ooh, I think that's for every man, like, every person out there. I don't like being a gracious loser. <laughs> oh yeah, I, tell me about I, it. I, <laughs> yeah, she knows I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit competitive. Hey, yeah, this guy bit. was on a losing streak in cornhole. Oh, I don't know how many games. I don't know how many games it was, but he. Ooh, every time, man. You done went there, didn't hey, you? Hey, hey. Got to bring it that's, up. That's dude. I do. I would never say anything. No, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, at any anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, competitive is a good thing, right? And think about it like in business, in a business aspect. When there's competition that is in the industry, it for one creates innovation, right? Other businesses have to figure out ways to differentiate themselves from the other business yes. so they can win customers over. Um, 
Same thing for leadership. Same thing for leadership, right? Like, it's not like you have to like make yourself differentiate from other leaders, but you have to have a spirit about you that's making you, that's dry, helping you drive your team, right? Yeah, not only that, but driving you as an individual. Yeah, I think I think being competitive is good in general. Like in general, it helps you to be a better person, be a better leader, be be strive for better goals for your company or for your family. It just drives to be better. But the times that you don't get your way, that it doesn't work out for you, you can't just throw a fit and like, all right, well, I'm done. <sighs> it just didn't work this out. I, I'm not, I'm not going to push myself anymore. No, that's not the attitude you should have. You got to be a gracious looter, loser and understand that you can keep growing. You can keep doing better than what you always, than what you are. You're not the best person out there. You could always improve on what you're doing. That's right. And you know, or you could be like my son who, when we took him fishing this last weekend <laughs> and be like, I'm, I'm never going to catch a fish. I will never be able to catch a fish. Well, you know, after he, after a little bit of, uh, you know, little whipping from his dad, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he actually ended up catching like three, four, maybe five fish yeah, <laughs> eventually. I think, I think he was bragging about four. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so <laughs> he's bragging about four. Jeez Louise. So, you know, you got to learn, learn how to lose. Yes. Right. And nobody likes losing. Um, but you know what? When you are a gracious loser, you're able to learn from that. You're able to learn from the, from that fault, right? You're able to learn from the, from the mistakes that were made. You're able to learn from all that. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to confident, not cocky. If you're, competitive and you're you're throwing a fit when you lose i think you're you're seen as a cocky person and that's what your peers see that's what your family sees and and you just need to be able to identify what you messed up on correct what you messed up on and just be a teachable person and and not just get mad because it didn't work out for you or whatever the reason may be you just got to understand that there there's always room for improvement Exactly. There's always something to learn from, right? Even if you do win, you have yeah. to learn what you did right. That yeah, helped you that's win. part of being competitive. Like once you, once you get done, like even when I would run cross country, I, I'm like, oh, I felt really good about that run. But my coach would come and talk to me and we would talk about the race and where I could improve. You came on. in last, Shane. Why'd you? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I still placed. <laughs> There's only three people running and I took third. <laughs> oh. But yeah, there, there's just always areas you can improve on. And if you don't see an area you improve on, ask shoot, ask your wife. She'll tell you. Ooh, she'll point it out real quick. Real yeah. quick. I know my wife will. <laughs> no, but she she does praise me when I need to pray. When I just need a little, you know, little scratch on the back like a dog. You know, just, you know. All right, anyway. <laughs> Moving on real quick. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Attentive to details, but not obsessed by them. How often do you see people fall down because they the details aren't perfect you know how many times do you see leaders in general get after their team because they missed a minute detail i i I think that definitely i think think the way to categorize that is micromanaging just because it's not done perfectly the way they see it as perfect they see it as not done right and they just try to micromanage everything that you're doing and and no one wants to be under that type of supervision or the, that type of leadership like it just it does just as, it doesn't jive with us right and, and it gets on our nerves more than it builds the team oh for sure it makes you 
res, uh, resistant to anything they say, right? Yeah. So attentive to details. So don't pay. It's not that you're not paying attention to details. Pay attention to details. They still they still matter, but don't be obsessed by them. Don't make them control your attitude. Your don't let them like grab hold of your emotions to where you just become just where you just start yelling at everybody because that detail didn't work out, you know? So pay attention to them, but don't obsess over them. That's good. Okay. Next one strong, but have endurance. Okay. So this one isn't exactly like a dichotomy, right? It's more like a, Hey, be strong, but but you have to be able to last too. Don't just be, you know, don't just be like, I'm somewhat strong, but I can endure a little bit. You have to be both strong and endure. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a dichotomy. It's like, yeah, strong. Because we think of strong, it's like we think of, like, a, like right, we do a max on bench. Like, oh, 372, big, uh, big deal. No, and that's not real but anyway, but <laughs> for me. And, but, you know, we think strong, we think of something like, boom, and, and it's an, it happens quick and it gets over with quick rather than, strong and having endurance that's a that's a good quality good quality yes um okay a leader and follower hmm. yeah i think that's very hard to find in a leadership person i think a lot of them they they get s- so stuck up on leading that when someone i mean the whole point of leading is to be to raise people up to be to be able to take your spot. At least that's the way it should ah, be viewed. But when someone that's comes the key. up, yes, that's the key. I feel as, mm-hmm. a, as being in a leadership position and when you have people that are following you and they step up and they have a better idea or that idea is different than yours, you just bump heads right away because it's not what you want. And you got to understand like, all right, you, you bring them up to be able to take your position. But when they step up, you knock them down. That's not the way it should work. I think you should be able to hear them out. Like, all right, you go, you run with it, and we'll see how it works out. I'll be here for you. I'll follow you, but yeah. you're you're gonna work these 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 you, kinks you, out you of your these, plan. Yeah, and and this is what Jocko actually calls decentralized command. Yes, right. And so what he's saying is like it's not all the command isn't just in your hands. It's not just the leader that should be having all the command. It should be somewhere where everybody can contribute to the idea of what's going to help this team succeed or help the team grow or whatever the goal is. Right. Um, and so I think that's very, that's a dichotomy right there, a leader and a follower. Yeah. That definitely doesn't go hand in hand for sure. I think that's a trait that has to be learned. Um, you know, cause you, it's easy to identify a leader. Yeah. It's easy to like in football, for instance, right? You can tell when somebody has a leadership characteristic and you're like, oh yeah, that guy's a natural leader, right? You hear that often. But to be able to be a leader and a follower is a whole nother deal. That's a whole nother challenge um, that I think is pretty, uh, you have to be humbled, right? You have to be humble to be able to have both of those, I think. Yeah, I think there's definitely some like a learning curve for everyone inside of there. I mean, I think anybody can rise up to be a leader, but to be a good leader and effective leader is something different. Like anybody can be promoted to a position where they've just been there long enough that they just move into a leadership position but when they get there no one likes them they're just waiting for them to retire or to get get out of that seat and someone else take their job but to be a good leader i think that's a good trait to have to have someone that is a leader but you're they're able to follow behind someone that's lower than them to help 
help them grow. Solid stuff. Okay. Next one here he's got is humble. Hey, I just said that. Humble, not passive. Humble, not passive. A good leader must be humble, not passive. So be humble, right? That's going to help you with this whole decentralized command idea. But don't be passive. Don't just let people now that you gave them a little bit of power or a little bit of command power, whatever. Don't just let them do whatever the heck they want now. Yeah. Still have, still focus them and guide them right on that same kind of path. Yeah. It's funny the way all these kind of just bleed into each other, just the way like one connects with the other. I mean, just like what we're talking about. Building the ladder. Yeah. I mean, just uh, what we talked about just now, the leader and the follower, like you, you got to be humble enough to let them lead, but don't be passive to where once they're leading, they take over and they push you out. You still have to be in that leadership position to guide them and help them when they mess up talk to them and pull them aside and like hey this is what you did this is what you could have proved on and this is where you can learn yeah and and just don't be passive don't be run over and pushed out i think there's a balance there and i think that's what he's pointing at here agreed aggressive not overbearing aggressive but not overbearing that's a good i don't think that even needs explanation yeah pretty straightforward on that quiet not Silent. Hmm. What's your take on that? That's an interesting one. I feel. Yeah. I think they're not silent, and I I and I get it. But like to like break it down, right? Like, I feel like when when you're quiet, you're not the one that's always speaking. Let's just say like in meetings or in team huddles, or you're not you're not you're quiet in those situations. But when you have something to say, you go you go ahead and say it. You don't hold that in you you say what you need to say you hit the points you need to hit and then you leave it at that or you discuss it discuss the topic get it worked out and then leave it at that and i think when when you have those people like my grandpa is is good at that like he he is quiet he's a quiet person he only says what needs to be said and then he's he's done and i think that's kind of summarizes what this is talking about and i think you can see it in some older people and even some younger people you can see it every now and then but that's a unique thing to have usually if you have a leadership person they're just outgoing very very outspoken and they say everything on their mind and that's not what this is saying this is saying like when you are when you it just makes your voice louder in my opinion when when you have someone that doesn't talk very often and they speak up in a in a room and they have a bit more authority yeah a bit more authority in their voice yeah it hits different than someone that's always running their mouth always talking and they finally say something that they're trying to get across that's meaningful but it's just more words just coming out of their mouth yeah yeah bit more impactful yeah for sure i like it calm oh sorry we'll go to the next one <laughs> calm but not robotic logical but not devoid of emotions and we talked about right getting emotion we talked about before in previous episodes how emotions can really screw up your logic how it can screw up your reasoning um Calm but not robotic. Don't just be a robot that is emotionless, that um, you know doesn't get hyped up when you should be hyped up, right? Don't be a robot, but don't also let those emotions control your logic, control your reasoning, right? I I should be pissed off at this guy because you know what he did two weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, you know. Rather than let him, okay, 
maybe he really is a good leader or he maybe he is a great contributor to the team, but because you're so pissed off at him, you won't let him take that role anymore. Yeah. Okay. Close with the troops, but not so close that one becomes more important than another or more important than the good of the team. Not so close that they forget who is in charge. Ooh. That's very hard to draw a line because some people you just click with, man. Like you just hit it off. Definitely. And, and Chemistry is just like natural. Yeah. Right. You don't have really a big say in it. You you do. That's a lie. You do have a say in how you connect with people. But some people, they just share the same background that you came out of. They're this, from the same town. They have the same experiences from you, the same struggles. And you just naturally hit it off with, with that person. And you just connect naturally. But you... Yeah, that's a very hard line. And to draw. here's and here's and this is why it's hard, right? It's because that's not a bad thing, right? No. That camaraderie is not a bad thing. What is bad is how it affects the other people that you're not that connected with. Yes. And that is what creates the issue is when those people see the chemistry between you two, it's like, Oh, that's his favorite. Oh, Josh, over there again. You know? And that's what creates the issue, I think. What yes. what this is talking about, right? And also, obviously, too, don't let this guy think he can get away with anything now and, you know, uh, go astray from the mission because he's close to you. Don't let him forget, hey, I'm still still the authority here. I still am in charge of this mission. Let's get back. Let's let's regroup whatever it needs to be, right? Yeah, and I think you see that with friends that start businesses or friends that get friends hired. Yeah, or like when you bring someone on board and you're in a leadership position or you're at least one tier ahead um, above that person that you get hired on. I think there's conflict because they start, they feel like they know better because Friends, they have outside right? view. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. And they, they just have that butting heads situation. I think that that's a very hard line to draw, but yeah, I think that's a very good point for the, the dichotomy of leadership is that you do have to draw that line and you have, you have to have your authority over your troops, your team, your department, your area, um, you just have to have those lines drawn and, and know, like, you have that relationship with everyone. You you want to create a relationship with everyone and that you are still the leader of your department. Let's do me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good. Agreed. Okay, last one here. Able to execute extreme ownership while exercising decentralized. Hey, there it is. De- what? There it is. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even finish. While exercising decentralized command. So we don't need to break into this a whole lot because this requires you to read the book, right? Requires you to understand what extreme ownership is. And we can go over that if you guys are interested. Let me know. Hit me up. Instagram, whatever. Email. Um, You guys hit me up and I can break it down. But able to execute extreme ownership while exercising decentralized command. We talked a little bit about decentralized command. um, And I think we actually broke it down pretty pretty uh well i think for people to comprehend but that's important and he closed with this he closes with this and we'll we'll close this up too with this right a good leader has nothing to prove but everything to prove that's an ultimate dichotomy right there a good leader has nothing to prove but everything to prove what's your first take on something like that my first take is i got spun around on that (laughs) you had me at everything and then everything yeah (laughs) but yeah i think i think that's a good point for leadership i think you you already proved yourself that's why you're in the leadership position but you should continue to strive that like like you have something to prove because that will always increase your your knowledge your Your drive yes your drive 
it'll always want you to improve on what you're already doing. And I think that's a that's a very good good way to word it. A little confusing, but you yeah. just got you just gotta think about it. That's and the dichotomy part. Yeah, of it, that's right? the dichotomy a little, a little part. Tricky. Yeah. But I think what he said is perfect. Best of both worlds. And I couldn't agree more with you, right? A good leader has nothing to prove. You don't have to have anything to prove, right? You don't need to prove to your team that you are the leader. They know that you're the leader. They know that you're the authority, right? Or the, you're the you're, you're who's in charge. They already know that. Like if you're the manager at your job or supervisor or a leadership role of some sort, they know that you're in that role. You don't have to prove to them that you're in that role. But what you do have to prove is that you can help lead the team to success, mm-hmm. right? You still have that drive. And I'm basically just like saying it in a different way from what you said because yeah. <laughs> you said that same exact thing. Yeah, and I think you can tell who's always trying to win their employees over. I mean, just I, I work at a hospital, and when you see someone over there, you could always see like Ted, for example. It's not his name, just some <laughs> random name. Ted over there is dressing up like a goofball just to be relatable to his employees. And, and really, you don't see them as that you just see them as a goofball like dude why are you doing that why are you trying so hard to win your employees like if you're just a good leader people will just naturally want to follow you because of your leadership capabilities and you shouldn't have to always try to prove yourself every time there's something on the calendar like that that's fine if you do it every like just just because but when you see ted over there trying so hard stinking ted Jumping around, dancing, trying to be goofy, trying trying to win over like you yeah, just win people. Yeah, yeah, you just know those people. Like you see them, like they're trying so hard to win over their their <laughs> team. Might be because of confidence. Might be for whatever reason. You just see them and you know them, and you just like oh, I would I would follow <laughs> no, you into the, battle. <laughs> this guy, this goober, this goofball. Yeah, you would rather have someone that knows what they're doing, knows what they're talking about, and has a direction for the team instead of just focusing on trying to feel confident from the team, they, they should already have their confidence and have a direction and their capabilities. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So that's what we got for you today. Again, I hope you enjoyed this little book review. I guess we can call it somewhat of a book review, a leadership review, right? Dichotomy of leadership. Grab up the book. If you can, Jocko Willink, leave Babin. Um, you guys know where you can reach me. You guys know, I'm on Instagram, Tony Flow Podcast. You can email me, TonyFlowPodcast at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for merch. It's going to be dropping within the next couple of weeks. I'm just saying, just saying, just putting that out there. It's going to be dropping soon. I am going to be going on vacation, so if you guys want to follow along with that, you can follow me on Instagram. Other than that, Shane, you got any, any final words? No, man. It's been it's been a while since I've been back, but it's, it feels good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And... Plenty more to come. All right, y'all. That's all we got. We are.